Good morning, everybody. Nikki Burnett here at Taste Life Nutrition. This is Taste Life Nutrition Radio, streaming live on KUHSDenver.com, where our goal is to uh, bring to you the best of the best and introduce you to things that maybe you haven't heard of, um, and maybe you have and you don't know you've heard of it or you just don't know enough about it. Um, But we really want to bring you truth in health and wellness and truth in health and wellness um, can be different for a lot of people but there's also a lot of non-truths out there that are being promoted as truth and we want to make sure that what you're getting is is truth to the best of our knowledge here um, I have gotten to where I don't really even use the word science anymore because I think that science has become a not it's like a not factual <laughs> It's the, the problem with science is the, by the nature of science is it actually needs to be extractive mm-hmm. and you need to eliminate the variables, mm-hmm. right? To right. discover stuff, which yeah. is really cool for finding one thing, but it doesn't give us the whole picture, mm-hmm. right? Which is so true for flavor, too. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, on that, we have the amazing Sherry Hess here. Uh, she's the founder of the Flavor Remedy, she is a trained chef, she is the head chef and head of development for, what's the name? Marivation. Marivation. I can never remember Uncle is, is the more kind of like yes. familiar term. Yes, yeah. yes. We've had, we've had um, her and Butch on before uh, of Marivation, and their product is Onco Bites, which I will promote, I, I, I want to promote and talk a little bit about, um, just because it's so important for those who are suffering uh, with cancer and going through chemotherapy. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that here in a few minutes, but... Um, Sherry has such an insightful and unique and amazing way of looking at pers- at food and a, and a and a unique perspective about food. I think I just have to turn my music down. Man, I feel like I do all kinds of stuff. I do that every time. Um, and it is it's really a matter of and I talked a little bit this about, you know a little bit about this on the promo, but when we when we learn to understand flavor and understand nutrient density beyond what we just see on a plate and being still and taking it all in it can change how we see food it also can change how we utilize food which is so important yeah right i really loved in your intro how you talked about food as a communication thing yeah because that is so key to the way i talk about flavor too like this idea of you know, us tasting things and then using our sense of taste really for what it's designed to be, right? Like mm-hmm. it is the only thing we're born with to be able to detect nutrition. And because we've gotten so deep into this worldview that nutrition needs to be this scientifically proven, extracted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. understanding of things, we have really pulled away from even thinking that our sense of taste is providing us with information right. and, and giving right. us that communication. Yeah. And I also loved like your analogy of like if you don't speak Spanish and you put this right, like <laughs> yeah. that was such a perfect analogy because I feel like that's what's happening when we're when we're manipulating mm-hmm. our flavors when yeah. we're when we're trying to make something taste like something that's beyond what nature's giving us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was just such a cool, <laughs> cool <laughs> intro. I loved listening to it. So li- we'll talk about that again uh, because I think it's, uh, if, if you didn't see the promo, I want to talk about it um, because I think it is important to, to have an understanding and have that understanding. Um, but gratitude, mm. gratitude can change the world. Um, and so I think it's 
It is important for me to take that time morning and evening to, uh, I should write it down more. Sometimes I write it down. It's a, the thing to do is really write it down and get it mm -hmm. out there. But I do say my prayers and, and you know, all my gratitude uh, during that time. But um, we want to talk about it because we want, we, I'm hoping to, I really hope that it is impactful. Um, and I say it every week and I hope that it's remembered. So, you know, somebody out there takes it and goes, okay, say my gratitude. There's so many things to be grateful for. And it radiates, literally and energetically, it radiates to others. I saw a post, um, my friend Connie Jones, if you're out there, hey. Um, but she said she, and it was very visual and graphic, not, not bad graphic, but it was, <laughs> it was a graphic. Um, but it was just what we're talking about where one person comes in and it was bright yellow sunshine color, right? Happy person into a group of, it was dark gray, sort of, you know, with the frowns on their face group. And the sunshine comes in and then all of the group starts to turn into sunshine, you know, <laughs> sunshine colors. Anyway, it was, it was really, it's that, it's that energy, it's that gratitude. Happiness makes other people happy. Um, and I think it's really important to, to be intentionally happy. Nobody's always happy, but I do believe that uh, my friend, not my friend, but I would call him my friend, Dennis Prager, um, <laughs> he, he, I learned that from him, you know, and, uh, happiness is a, it's just what you do. Right, it's it's you sh you're intentional about it, and it spreads. So anyway, I'll be quiet. You can tell us what you're grateful for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so it's so important, and I think even on a daily basis, you know, when I get stuck in my own way and just kind of all, and and you know, reading headlines. I mean, if you if you get out into the world and experience all the grief and the struggles that people have, there's always that opportunity mm -hmm. to find gratitude, even in the simplest things. Right, yeah. and food is such a great way to do that. Yes. So on that note, I will say that what I'm very grateful for today is, you know, a lot of my friends just came back from Expo West, which is Natural Products West is like the biggest natural food um, conference that mm -hmm. there is. Mm -hmm. And I'm part of this beautiful um, studio called the Renourish Studio right now, and we're all kind of working in towards the direction of creating a more regenerative food system. So the feedback that I got from them was that there's so many different approaches and so many different brands and um, people really wanting to make a difference in the food industry. And I'm just so grateful that there's such a wave of momentum around around that. I do love that um, because I feel it too with, with food, with health, with moving into understanding root cause. Because yeah. root cause, a lot of times when it comes to our health, is the food that we eat a Absolutely. lot of times a lot a lot a lot of times what is it most of the time maybe uh, at least in part right um and so we may we may believe that we're eating food that's healthy and nutritious and nutrient dense and all of these things but is it right um and so those are some of the things that we want to talk about today uh real quick too for those of you who are watching um if you have questions i am trying to get better about answering questions while we're going through the conversation. I do want this to be as interactive as possible um, and would love to answer questions if you have. So if you're on any of the, the Facebook Lives uh, or the Instagram, or you know, I think that's all we got right here, but uh, feel free to ask a question and we'll do our best to answer um, if, if possible. So um, what am I grateful for today? I'm grateful for another year Yesterday was my 51st birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. 
Um, and so everybody's asking me, what are you going to do on your birthday? So for my 50th, we went to Florida and had a big blowout, and it was amazing. This year, I was like, I'm working. <laughs> working. Did have, went to a really great networking meeting last night, um, which was, is always fun. So my hair's going crazy. And I just enjoy so much the people who I'm surrounded by, whether it's business, personal, professional, a combination of all of those really good people. Um, I'm grateful for my sweet husband who um, I came home. I had to leave a little early last night because uh, he said, what do you want to do for your birthday? I was like, just get some bubbly. So, <laughs> so uh, he had bubbly ready for me uh, from a company. Shoot, now I can't remember. But it was a, it was a, a vintner who we went to see in Sonoma. And they have, when you go to their vineyard, um, they, it's a cave tour. So it's like cool. really, shrum, 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 darn it, I was going to remember it. I should have actually bought the bottle. It was really cool. Shrum, shrum, anyway. Oh, man. With that one. I know. I'll, I'll have to put it in my, uh, I'll have to put it in the, in the show notes later on um, because it's, it's, it's cool stuff. So if you get to go, it's a cool, uh, really cool walk through the cave. It may be one of the oldest uh, in Sonoma. So, uh, anyway, super fun. That was great. And he brought home a hunk of tuna. Uh. And so <laughs> we just made a little dip and had a little sashimi. And he played happy birthday songs for me <laughs> from Pandora. I was like, where did you find these? Anyway, it was really cute. Um, so, another year, uh, super excited about this year. I think this is going to be a, an amazing year with the things that are coming and, and the things that I want to do and the people who I want to. Um, who I want to support and and be supported by. So, all right, let's do a real quick um, intro. You are, I think you're the only person who's been on for three times. I heard you say that this morning. Yeah. That's so cool. I know. <laughs> it is really it's cool. It's just so easy to find things to talk about in alignment with your with your work. So, yeah, um, yeah, agreed. Um, so let's, uh, let's do a, a quick intro for those who maybe have not seen it. I mean, we've grown since the last time you were on. We're now hitting about right around 175,000 plus people. Nice, nice. Uh, sometimes we have it up, we don't have it up right now. But anyway, yeah, it's cool. It's a lot of fun. It's very cool. So uh, let's give just a little bit of an intro of, you know, how you got to where you are, what excites you, you know. It's, it's such an interesting journey to be a flavor specialist, essentially, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, yeah, and you know what, it's, it's interesting, and, and um, this actually was just brought to my attention this week in this amazing studio that I already mentioned. You know, what's, what's kind of challenging when you're, when you're talking about flavor is that there's, there's really two different camps of flavor, right? Like, and when I, th when, I, when I speak of flavor, I think of flavor as an experience, not an ingredient. Like, mm -hmm. when, when flavor is an ingredient, that's a completely different thing than what we're talking about. And I always say that, like, the vocabulary around eating and tasting is just so limited that we need to kind of, like, dive deeper into this. So, yeah, so my background is culinary. I could tell stories of, um, you know, how, like, whenever, when I was in culinary school, flavor was the easiest thing for me to understand, to mm. recognize how to balance it. But then, you know, I was at a culinary school that was focused on local and organic and really the quality of the food and the heart of how we grow and raise our food. And that was why I chose that particular school to go to. And, um, 
you know, it's it's been this journey of healing. I mean, I'm definitely a person who believes in the philosophy that we can use food as medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived it. As a matter of fact, 10 years after an autoimmune disorder diagnosis, I literally was just at a doctor yesterday and all my numbers are perfect. <gasps> Amazing. And it's all through, you know, it's through food and mm-hmm. diet and really yeah. tuning in to mm-hmm. like real food and healing. And so I got on this path of really questioning taste like why do we have our sense of taste like our sense of taste is really an important integral part it's the only thing that we have Mm -hmm. to detect nutrition but we've gotten so far into this extractive mechanistic way of looking at our nutrition Mm -hmm. and if you think about all the diet trends and all the ways that we're looking at you know well this is healthy well this is healthy like who really knows what Mm -hmm. eating healthy is anymore Mm -hmm. So, so much confusion. Yeah. yeah. So I just really decided to kind of go back to this place of, you know, when can we trust our sense of taste? When can we really look at this idea of what does it mean to taste something sweet and how does that support our body and what does it mean to taste something sour? Like I go to these basic five tastes that we experience on our taste buds and I really look at that through the lens of, you know, there's a big difference between tasting those things from a manufactured standpoint versus tasting those things from, you know, from nature and what is actually being grown and raised into our food. And, you know, it's taking me a while. Um, I feel really excited about the path I'm on right now, but part of the excitement is coming from this idea where science does benefit and technology is showing up in a really cool way is ways that we can now measure nutrient density. There is um, a, a company in particular that I love the work that they're doing called the Bionutrient Association. They also have a Bionutrient Institute and they're developing you know, lab-based technologies and even handheld technologies that allow consumers to get readings for nutrient density like right in the grocery store. So, so like fun. as this technology is rising yeah. around nutrient density, my work parallels that. It doesn't replace it, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not, because I'm coming from this holistic, like what does our body experience and what does our body crave and when are we satisfied by our food through flavor, um, it's a perfect way to parallel these Mm -hmm. things, right? And what's happening and what I keep kind of pointing out and trying to kind of bring into this energy and this field of this work is that as those nutrients increase, right? So like we're talking about measuring glucose and fructose and um, citric acid, grown citric acid, not the ingredient right, citric acid, right, right. right? The things that are actually grown and raised yeah. into our food. You know, as these things get measured and as they show up, we can taste the difference. Mm-hmm. Like we can taste the complexity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. these layers of flavor. And I always say this is kind of like a selfish MO. Like if we can just recognize that the, the deeper and richer the flavor is that we're that is being grown and raised into mm-hmm. our food like just demanding flavor and pleasure can really help support you know farmers and, and ranchers that are right. doing a different and yeah. a better a better thing for our planet right. and growing food so right agreed it's all connected um that was a really long intro I'm no sorry. it's great don't be sorry <laughs> no it's it's all good it could be, it's it's funny because i, I there are like 14 things that i was like that I could say in all of that. You know? I know. <laughs> so sometimes fun. I just don't shut up. No, it's good. It's good. No, I love it. I want you just to keep going. Um, so one of the things that I say a lot is we have lost the ability to listen to our bodies. And I, I, that includes 
taste. I think that our taste buds are so confused these days with the, the synthetic sweeteners, with the synthetic foods, with, um, you know, we, we now, we crave sugar, so we crave so much sugar and we eat so much sugar and we, it's like we don't know how to turn it off now. Don't yeah, and so I can totally speak to that too. So part of what I talk about when I talk about these, you know, the five basic flavors is, you know, what's happening in the world where of processed foods where there's all the sugar and all the salt and salt, salty and sweet mm -hmm. are the most familiar flavors that we carry, right? Yeah. Like if, you, if you're really not into cooking and you really don't understand how to balance flavors, normally it's the salt you reach for first if you want something to have more flavor, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But the truth of it is that in nature, sweet doesn't show up as just sweet. Mm -hmm. It always shows up, think about an apple, right? Like an apple is wrapped in a skin. And if you taste the skin of that apple, that's where you're gonna get that bitter flavor, mm -hmm. right? It's gonna be a little yeah. bit more challenging if you ate it on your own, but those bitter flavors that show up in sweetness in nature, that's what makes you feel satiated. Yeah. Because it's those flavors that carry the antioxidants, the polyphenols, mm -hmm. the vitamins, mm -hmm. the minerals. Like, tuning into bitter as something that benefits us can completely shift how we eat. Mm -hmm. You know, and the people's first reaction to that is, oh, I don't, I don't like bitter flavors, right? Like, I don't like bitter food. And there's a level of that that is true, right? Like, bitter flavors inherently, you know, are kind of speaking to us from this, this aspect of, you know, at the wrong level, it can be a level of poisoning, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we say to think of it like medicine. Like, medicine in the right dose is beneficial, right? But... In, a, in excess or, mm -hmm. you know, of the wrong type, like don't be out there eating, you know, belladonna or something that's going to really right. be bitter and really, but the whole idea of medicinal flavors and feeling satisfied comes from bitter flavors. And that's really what's missing in our diet right now, especially in processed foods. Yeah, and and the bitter is what helps with, so often with digestion. Oh yes, absolutely. Yep. That is what mm -hmm. stimulates digestion. It's what mm -hmm. produces the bile. It's what, it's the detoxification process. It really it's is. so cool. It is. Yeah. You know, so we talk about, I always say, the food pyramid should be a flavor pyramid, right? Like when we understand the flavors that we're tasting, we can, we can search for umami flavor in kale, mm -hmm. right? We can search for that flavor of protein in plant-based things. Instead of trying to make everything taste like chocolate, right? Like why aren't we like just embracing? Because the ironic part of making protein taste like chocolate is that protein is actually a flavor we love. Mm -hmm. Like that umami mm -hmm. flavor, and it's a very highly manufactured flavor yeah. because yeah. we do lean into it mm -hmm. so much, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when we're eating something that has that umami flavor without protein behind it, it's the classic situation to set us up for food addictions. So because we're reaching for the flavor mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we're tasting it and we're going, wow, that's a really, like, and, and people don't necessarily, umami is probably the least recognized or least mm -hmm. known flavor, but it's also, it's like this lingering, savory, it, it, it really makes you want more. Mm -hmm. So if we're tasting that taste, but we're not getting the protein, the body's gonna go, well, like you said, uh -huh. you're speaking Doesn't Spanish, really you know, <laughs> yeah. you're trying to speak a language, but there's nothing underst understood by the body there. Yeah. Um, so it goes, well, I need more because mm -hmm. the protein wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, this is kind of my theory and this yeah. is where I really, 
you know, kind of dive into it, and I would love, you know, the science behind it, but I, th it's just logical to me, right? Right, right. No, it makes so much sense. And so one of the things that, that I had said earlier in the promo, and again, it's another thing that I say a lot, and I think it's important to, 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 to really understand and take in, is that food is a language. It's communication for our cells and for our DNA. It literally tells our body what to do and how to function. And so if we're eating good, clean food, our body's like, okay, I got this. I know what I'm supposed to do. Our DNA is expressing properly and we've got all, you know, it's all just in line and functioning properly. But if we're eating food that is full of chemicals, full of, un, you know, natural flavors, full, of course, of toxins, pesticides, herbicides, the nitrates and nitrites, and what other preservatives and colorings, you know, all of the things that, that is in food now to make it look like food <laughs> when it's not food, um, or let it sit on a, on a shelf for years, take the Twinkie, um, or eat, uh, what is it, the McDonald's, like Big Mac, or what, you know, they just, they sit there, and they don't ever age, and it's, I mean, I don't want to age, but I want my food to age. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, anyway, if we're eating these things, the body's like, I don't know what this is, and this is kind of that, you know, speaking speaking Spanish, the body's like, I don't understand, you know, and so I, it, it, it becomes confused, which then creates the inflammatory process, which then creates dis-ease, right? So we have these diseases, we have these these cascade of symptoms and we're like why is this happening well probably because of the food that we're eating or in the nutrients that we're not getting and then you know the lack of digestive function because we're eating on the run and we're not sitting still and we're not you know tasting the food and and bringing in that gratitude which changes the biochemistry and and um, all of the things that we could talk about about you know around mindful eating but um, I love the concept of mindful eating also because it is about sitting and taking in the flavors, yeah. which helps with the process. Yeah, yeah. And I, t I speak a lot to, you know, this idea of mindful eating in, in my work. I mean, essentially what I'm doing, you know, in my workshops is I sit down and I, and I walk people through, well, what, what actually is the experience on your tongue and in your body? Because that's another part of it. Like when we look at flavor is just this superficial pleasure experience and we don't really tune in to the actual effects that our body's feeling you know an hour later two hours later what's happening in my body mm -hmm. then you know you're kind of missing out on that whole communication circle of what your body is telling you so by by looking at the five categories of flavor salty sweet sour bitter and umami and and making that part of the mindful eating practice that's where you really tune in and you go okay wow all right, I'm picking up on a little bit of an umami flavor here as I'm eating my kale salad. Does that mean there's protein? Like, I find myself doing this all the time. So fun. If I taste something, yeah. like I just was given a supplement by my um, integrated health doctor yesterday, and I had taken it years before, and this time when I when I took it, I tasted it, and I was like, wow, this is really, like, it felt like, it, it almost had this experience of, like, a dashi broth, which is a really high-protein, fish-based mm -hmm. broth. But it had this, like, caramel flavoring on top of it, right? Which is what we do, right? Like, we want our medicine to not taste like medicine, yeah. necessarily. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I was like, this is so crazy, because just recognizing those flavors, mm -hmm. you know, and tuning in and being like, okay, 
this, where is this sweetness coming from? And, and, and what am I eating with this sweetness? And what is the intention behind, you know, wanting this energy? Like, when you look for the flavors in your food, it's a whole nother level of mindful eating. And it just gives you something else to, to kind of grab onto, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. So in your workshops, you are literally teaching people how to pick out flavors yeah yes yes so that would be the workshops that I would do with like individuals or in like wellness communities mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. this it tag teams really well with nutritionists it tag teams really well with like wellness communities um, I just did a webinar yesterday and it's hard sometimes on a webinar because you can't really be interactive but yeah like my tasting workshops we'll walk through like the actual experience of tasting whole foods and then sometimes we'll even like counter that with well okay so if this is what it tastes like to experience sweet when you eat an apple and this is what it tastes like to experience sweet when you eat mm -hmm. a piece of candy mm -hmm. right and and people really are blown away by the difference in complexity you know of what you yeah. taste in yeah. nature versus what you taste in candy and mm -hmm. how it is so focused on sweet alone and it's just not complex mm -hmm. you know yeah um, so yeah, that's part of what I do. The other thing that I'm starting to do, and this is where the taste beyond the label um, kind of, you know, title came up with for this for this show is, you know, I'm starting to work with brands, and it's really cool. Like these are brands that, you know, typically have started because they had a health issue in their own family, um, you know, they wanted to eat better, they want to create a product. Because let's admit it, packaged food isn't going away, mm -hmm. right? It's and the truth, and yeah. there's definitely brands that want to do it better, right? Yeah, it, it is fun to watch that. Sorry to interrupt, yeah, but no. to watch the um, the reinvention of packaged foods yeah. to what is what we're hoping, <laughs> right? At least for the most part, is real food, right? Um, I guess it, it's it's difficult. It can be difficult then, though, because we're not they're not putting in the preservatives, so it does. You know, spoil a lot quicker, but I mean, that's what that's what people want. Yeah. Um, at least that's the direction and the trajectory that we're right. moving into. Is people want real food? We yeah. want to take it back to basics. We want we want to get rid of the shit, right? And find <laughs> we need to find this reconciliation, right? And this is a lot of the work that we do in this Renewed Studio. Is we're really looking at like instead of creating this battle between good and bad and processed mm -hmm. and whole foods and like. We really need to find, you know, look at the, the benefits and the reasons why we are in this place where we're relying on, you know, stuff that has a little bit longer shelf life or mm -hmm. stuff that's convenient to grab on the mm -hmm. way out the door, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not going away because of the way society is. So, like, working with brands that really want to make a difference, right? And they want to work with a regenerative farm. They want to mm -hmm. source in yeah. a way that they're, you know, adjusting the bigger picture of food, not just the taste experience to the consumer alone and, and, and looking at it, you know, from just that lens, they want to support these, these better practices mm -hmm. and, you know, um, and it's the taste beyond the label thing is, is a program that I'm really excited about because you can taste a difference. You can taste a difference in quality in a product from someone who has the exact same ingredient label mm -hmm. as another brand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. Um, I, could, I could tell an, a story of an actual brand that I'm working with, and, yeah. and it's three, 
So I did a taste test between three different brands. These were plantain chips. How fun to do taste testing. Oh my God. And we should so be cool. doing taste testing all the time. Yes. Like part of my work yeah, yeah. is let's get the grocery stores to let us taste before we buy. Yeah. Like, it would be so supportive yeah. of better ways of growing and raising our food. Yeah. But yeah, just doing a taste test. This is a packaged chip, right? It's a plantain chip. And I, I'm not going to say names just because I didn't ask for permission and mm -hmm. I don't want to call out, you know, different brands and I'm sure. just going to be politically correct on this particular show. <laughs> um, maybe in the future we'll call it out. But So they make these plantain chips, and they work directly with like a regional farm, a regional regenerative farm. So it's almost like they have an, a beautiful opportunity to talk about terroir, right? Like we do that with wine. We do that Ter with terroir. So it's like the, the grapes that you talked about, yep. the champagne, yep. Yep. right? They are growing in the region. So it's right. all about the region. Yeah. It's all about the way the food is grown and raised mm -hmm. there. And they they celebrate that, mm -hmm. right? They celebrate the way those grapes taste in that region. Yep. We do the same thing for coffee. We do the same thing for chocolate. Like regions and the and the complexity of flavor in the regions. Like in certain aspects, we do that. Like part of what I'm promoting is let's do this with our food, right? Let's yep. celebrate mm -hmm. why these plantain chips actually taste like plantain chips versus the exact same ingredient label, right? Like if you were to compare the three ingredient labels, the three nutrition labels on the back of these packages, all the same plantains, oil, and salt, mm -hmm. all three of them. Yeah. So in our brains, they're all the same. Mm -hmm. When you taste them, like the plantain flavor in this particular chip off the charts. Amazing. The other one was just salt. Like I just tasted salt mm. because they're trying mm -hmm. to just be an alternative to mm -hmm. a potato chip instead yep. of celebrating yep. what a plantain is yep. and why it tastes so much different because of where they're growing it from. So that's the kind of stuff, you know, if we stay in this mindset of that we're only going to be able to read and understand from an external point of view what nutrition is, we're going to really miss out yeah. on what our body's telling us. Yeah. Um, have you, I'm going back just a little bit, but you were talking about create the, the food pyramid, mm, uh, oh yeah. the flavor pyramid. Have you created that? You know, <laughs> in my brain I have. I you haven't should. really put it out yeah, there. I think that would be cool. I think it, it, it's a really cool example because then you could take it across. Like right now, if you Google and look up food pyramids, mm -hmm. every country is different. Mm -hmm. Again, based well, on regionally. Ridiculous. Right, but yeah. it's also, right, so it's also based <laughs> on influence, right? Yeah, we can get right, in a whole right. different lobbying yeah. conversation there. But, you know, it's also regional, right? So if you look at what they suggest you eat in Europe versus what they suggest you eat in Asia, like they're mm -hmm. all different. And it's all confusing, mm -hmm. right? But if we looked at it through this lens of, flavor, like how much umami flavor should I have in a day? How much bitter should yeah, I have in a yes. day? How much sweet should I, you know, like yeah. it's, it's a whole different way of, you know, kind of creating this mm -hmm. worldwide yeah. <laughs> way of looking at how we consume our food. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a, 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 like a quickie sort of self-promotion, <laughs> not break because I'm, I'm having this idea as we're talking. Um, and you, I think you probably know, but I am creating and hopefully launching my Soulful Conception course uh, program soon. It's been soon for months now, but soon. I'm super excited about it, but we're getting there. Um, and so my intent with this program, of course, is to give a holistic approach to women and their spouses. This is not just about women, although I know I'm speaking mostly to women. but. Um, to, to preparing for pregnancy, 
Um, it's so important to, be, you know, the data shows the, the more you plan, the better the outcomes are. You know, negative outcomes, which obviously are super heartbreaking, are, um, you know, they're higher, <laughs> much higher than they should be. But if you're planning for it, then they, they are significantly decreased. My other piece of that is bringing together practitioners who are my guest experts. And I think that having you as one of my guest experts and doing a workshop, so mm -hmm. not even, uh, you know, par part of one of the programs is doing, uh, you know, a little, little um, sort of day retreats, you know, workshops, kind of body love kind of stuff, right? And taking that time to, to, to you know, kind of go inward and, and learn about your body and love on your body no matter where you are. But anyway, I would love to have you as a part of that because I think that taking that step back and really understanding why mindful eating is important and why it's important to taste your food and understand food and then, of course, gives you the ability to, like we talked about already, break down, digest, utilize the nutrients. Yeah. I think that that would be a really cool workshop. Well, and I really love that idea, too, because, you know, if you think about most people that have been through any kind of like dietary change, right, has have noticed a difference in your taste buds, right? When you eliminate mm -hmm. sugar from your body, all of a sudden sugar has a whole different yes. taste experience. So that's another thing that I talk about, like this idea of flavor communicating to us. So pregnancy, right, mm -hmm. is one of those classic examples where cravings change and mm -hmm. aversions come in, right? And you go, oh God, I can't eat that. I can't smell that, right? Yeah. yeah. So really understanding flavor and tuning into that and starting with those basics can can also, I think, help, you know, that, that pregnancy experience become a little bit more understood mm -hmm. um, and give you a little bit more direction around, you know, well, what do these cravings mean? And if I, if, if, like for me, back in the day, my kid's 21 now, um, you know, like my craving was a butterscotch milkshake. <laughs> it's like, Amazing. It's like if I, and I still love butterscotch, it's, it's, just, it's a challenge. <laughs> But like the truth <laughs> is, what's the, what's the real food behind that flavor? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you think that's what you want, and of course, if you taste that and you just go on taste alone, it's gonna probably taste good. But but what is the what is the truth behind what that craving yes. really means? What's the yes. real food mm -hmm. behind that that you know that language that your body is mm -hmm. using to mm -hmm. tell you I need something, right? So it's, I would love that. I would that love would be to super do it. cool. Yeah. That would be super cool. It's an interesting and sort of hard concept to grasp. I think you know we. I talk about this. You know when women have um, cravings during PMS, right? Um, and it's you know it's a lot of times it's the chocolate. I gotta have my chocolate. But what is it? The body's talking to you. So right. instead of going for you know the you know Twix bar or whatever the right. case may be, taking that step back and understanding. What is it that your body's telling you right. it needs? Because it needs something. Is it magnesium, right? right. Is it is it serotonin? Right. Um, which is not always easy, but I mean that's why we have people who are specialists in what they do right, right. and help you, you know, sort of move through that. But it is interesting because you know we use up a lot of magnesium during that time. We we have you know sort of our you know a lot of us can uh, thankfully I've not had a lot of this, but can have the depression and the anxiety and the emotional piece component that goes along with it mm -hmm. and crying or anger. And so what is it that the body's 
meeting yeah. during that time. Yeah. And same with pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a, um, I just mentioned this on a webinar yesterday too. There's an herbalist by the name of Jim McDonald who had did a whole write up on, on bitters, right? Mm -hmm. And herbalists really have a, such a better, more in depth understanding of flavor. Like they really go into, you know, if you look at Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic medicine, right? Like these, these traditions of, of practice that have been around forever. Like they talk about taste. They mm -hmm. look at taste mm -hmm. through this lens that mm -hmm. I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but there's there's this, um, oh, Jim McDonald, I got off track for a second there. So Jim McDonald talks about when we crave sweet, that we're actually probably craving those bitters that surround the sweet, those oh, things that support, you know, and that mm -hmm. are that are always packaged mm -hmm. with those sweet things. Mm -hmm. So like that would be something I would introduce, right? Like in exactly what you're yeah. talking about. If it's that chocolate and if it's that dark chocolate, if it's something about that, you know, at a more complex nutritional level, maybe it's okay to have chocolate. Like this is the whole thing about understanding complexity of flavor mm -hmm. and how that correlates to true flavor that's grown and raised into our food. Because the more complex it is, so like a dark chocolate, mm -hmm. right, that mm -hmm. has more levels of bitterness and maybe yeah. even little elements of sour from the mm -hmm. fermentation process, like when you really tune into the complexity and then you taste that next to, you know, a flat, cheap milk chocolate, all you're tasting is sweet. You're not mm -hmm. getting those extra mm -hmm. layers. Like, it's the perfect example of, like, a chocolate is not a chocolate and a tomato is not a tomato and an apple is not an apple and beef is not beef, right? Like, yeah. We can't keep categorizing these things as all the same, mm -hmm. like a label does, right? Because right. there's so much more complexity to it. One of my favorite things about growing my own food mm. is, um, and having you know the soil that's good, healthy soil, and you know all of the. Uh, so remember the cacao nibs you gave me years ago. I still eat it. Yes, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that was a great story. Oh, Andrea is. Uh, she's she's part of she's a big reason why I'm on this mission. She oh, is. She's a dear friend. Nice. And um, years ago, before organic was even like a mm -hmm. thing, she was on the train, and I basically called her crazy. Hi, Andy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, thank God uh -huh. she put me on that road. Uh -huh. You know? Yeah. yeah. So fun. <laughs> uh, but that goes along with with the food. When when you're eating food that you know where it came from and you know the ground that it was grown in and you're comfortable with with that the the flavor and the complexity of food directly out of the ground is amazing mm -hmm. and you know such a a problem with i mean and i don't know how to go about it besides everybody's just growing their own food which i know is not a possible right. either but is that you know when we buy our food at the grocery store it's picked way too early mm -hmm. and so it doesn't have the ability to fully develop so it doesn't develop the nutrient density it doesn't develop the complexity of flavors and so we're eating even if it came from good healthy soil we're eating depleted food for lack of a better word because it wasn't allowed to go through the process go through the process and there's a chemical and I feel like we talked about this the last time and I still didn't look it up but it's interesting because there's a chemical in a fully ripe fruit or vegetable that is not there otherwise. And I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I don't, but, but it makes total sense. Yeah. Because it's not going through that natural process of developing the sugars and whatever, yeah. you know, whatever else it is to yeah. hit that point of ripeness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So it's a beneficial chemical for us, and if we're not eating food that is as ripe as it should be, then we're not getting we're not getting that. Yeah. You know, it's it's almost like too, and I have to say this because you're talking about beef. Um, when we eat when we're eating meat that is put you know taken off pasture off pasture and into a feedlot and they're fed all of these things that the, they would naturally eat, they are then depleted. They're inflamed and depleted of the nutrients that we're supposed to have. One is specifically conjugated linoleic acid. And if you are a workout person or if you just know what this is, this is a natural component of, of cows. And if you take them off grass, within two weeks, this CLA is gone. And this helps us with our own body composition. Um, so anyway, it's, it's the you know, all of the, the manufacturing and the fakes and all the things that, that are taking away what we are, what we should naturally right. have. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's this perfect storm and it really mm -hmm. requires us to look at the whole picture of things, mm -hmm. right? Because again, like instead of getting into this battle of, you know, this is wrong and, and what I know is right, it's, it's more about looking at the conditions of how we got here, right? Like, so from a capitalistic point of view, we want bigger yield, we want, you know, these farmers have kind of just been following what they believe is the right thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because they've been right. told by, you know, industry that this is mm -hmm. the right way, you'll get paid more, you get well, insurance. That's the thing right. too. Right, yeah. there's so much around mm -hmm. how we've grown our food, yeah. and as a result, the flavor disappears, the nutrients disappear, and the health of the soil goes mm -hmm. away. So we're coming up with all these great understandings and these really great um, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. We can look back at the fact that we have 60 years left of our agricultural soil to grow food. Like, that's my son's lifetime. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really scary. You know, so we can, if we keep looking for, like, a solution to a problem without looking at the bigger picture, then we're really going to miss out on mm -hmm. long-term health, right? So understanding mm -hmm. that we have these solutions to things, like, I think about hydroponic, like, growing food hydroponically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is, it is solving some problems. It is giving access to, um, you know, maybe areas of food where they couldn't grow food. You know, if you have some kind of a hydroponic situation in a city where they can't, don't have access to grow foods, you know, like there's, I see the solutions mm -hmm. that it's providing, mm -hmm. but how is that contributing to the health of our soils? And yeah. I keep asking, like, where do those nutrients come from? I, are we extracting them from like soil somewhere else? Mm -hmm. that's I don't know. I don't yeah. have the answers to yeah. that. But I just look at it like it's it, it it has a purpose, but it's not contributing to the whole health of everything. And that's mm -hmm. you know when you talk about the feedlots and these cows being you know kind of forced into this situation to eat things they're not meant to eat, and you know it's not contributing to the whole life cycle of of all things. And mm -hmm. we are part of the life cycle. Yeah. So it's it's important to really pull mm -hmm. back and look at the bigger picture of how did we get here and and. And as we find solutions, let's not just like say A, this is the problem, and B, this is the solution. Like we really need to look at the bigger picture of what are we affecting here. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about um, kind of what we're already talking about, but the regener regener regenerative practices and your involvement and sort of, it's not something that I talk much about on the show. Um, and I love it, and I love the idea behind it, but where, where is it going, you know, because it's still sort of a, well, you don't hear about it yeah. too much. And I will also want to say that you have a comment. Oh, it was Andrea again. Speaking of that chemical you can't remember the name of, cool, 
can you talk on sprouts with nutrient density because it hasn't hasn't had all the time to grow oh that's a really yeah yeah um i can speak briefly to that i can't mm -hmm. say that i can speak from an expert but yeah there's 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 something about the nutrient density in a sprout like yeah. when it first starts growing right yeah. if you think about like perfect a baby is right like it's it's not been like it hasn't been challenged it hasn't had all the you know exposure to the environment like th and it's at its most nutrient dense because it has to provide the nutrients to the plant as it grows right mm -hmm. so there is something to that and I think a lot of times that's also where there's more umami flavor mm -hmm. so a little bit more of that protein content mm -hmm. before it really grows into being leafy and more green and more bitter yeah. and you know taking on mm -hmm. all those other things so um, yeah, it's it would be it's interesting to to taste a sprout at the sprout level and then taste like broccoli if you're tasting broccoli sprouts. Like, what's the difference in flavor mm -hmm. when you're tasting mm -hmm. it as a sprout versus when you're yeah. tasting it as broccoli? Yeah, big difference. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's oh, were you go ahead? No, I was just gonna go back to the regenerative comment if you wanted to carry that conversation. I do, I do. Um, but I like I like that comment because as we were talking about hydroponics and sprouts, because I sprout at home. Um, I'm sprouting all kinds of stuff. It's so much fun, you know. I was, my husband's like, "What are you doing? You know, why are there plants all over the counter? <laughs> Jars, uh, yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> but they are essentially hydroponic. You know, they grow in. Well, I have two different kinds. One that can grow in the soil. I, I ordered it from this company. If I, I wish I had it, I'll post it because it's pretty cool. Um, because I think that what they're doing is pretty cool. Um, so one can, there are certain like sunflower seeds, right? They do better in actual soil as opposed to say sprouts who do well, um, like in like a coconut. Or yeah, yeah, it's a coconut base, so it's oh, a, it's like coir, like a yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, a yeah. fiber, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly. And so they they grow differently, they grow well, but they're still not growing in anything. So how do they? Have the nutrient density like the sulforaphane, right? Which is in broccoli sprouts, which is m what is it, two or three hundred times more intense in the sprout as opposed to the broccoli itself. And so that's that's mostly what I grow is the broccoli sp sprouts, right. just for that reason. For us, for the dogs, um, you know, the whole thing. Your dogs eat sprouts. Oh yes, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, do your dogs eat sprouts? Andy's <laughs> dog passed. He had sweet dog oh, passed. She's a big she's a big mm -hmm. dog fan. But um, all raw food, raw food for your for your kids, your yeah. dogs, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's fascinating too because if you think about it from that aspect too, you know, there's a different end goal for a sprout than there is for the whole plant, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. if you're just creating a sprout and you're looking for that, you know, that nutrient density and you're just growing it in water, you're not you're not trying to create the whole life cycle of a plant, yeah. right? So that's mm -hmm. a very different thing than if you're trying to grow an entire plant that's producing fruit that's going to then reproduce mm -hmm. seeds, mm -hmm. right? Like that's right. where you really need that, mm -hmm. that healthy soil, that healthy environment for it to complete its whole life cycle. Yeah. 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 But if you're just growing it for the sprout and eating it for the sprout, that's a whole different conversation, right? Because the mm -hmm. end game is really just that, taking in that nutrition mm -hmm. at, that, mm -hmm. at that kind of early level of, yeah. of growth. I love that. Um, okay, let's talk about regenerative medicine, not medicine, plant, uh, farming. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man, my, my mind. Um, and I want to make sure we get to this, too. We'll talk about, um, oh, she Jesus. ate raw. Good. <laughs> Love it. That's another show. We'll talk about raw feeding. I haven't done that in a while. Um, Andrea, you should maybe come on with Yeah. Me. She's, she's on the East Coast. You'd have to come out and visit me. Ooh, well, there we go. We could just have a little panel. Yeah. I've been talking about doing that, having a little just a little panel in here. I think that would be fun. 
Um, so yes, let's move on to <laughs> the regenerative farming and your place in that and what you're seeing. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. it's really cool. So, uh, and I gotta say too, you know, again, we don't have enough language in the world of food. We don't have enough language to really understand um, where where are people using the word regenerative to be like this greenwashed thing, right? Where are we? Yeah. Where are people using? Um, whatever language it is, whatever buzzword around environmental eco, you know, like it's it's complex and you really mm -hmm. do kind of have to look at it and really question what what does that mean. So there's no definition for regenerative. I actually kind of like that in a way because I don't think, I, I often think that um, when we attach ourselves to a definition like that, mm -hmm. it, it limits the capacity or the potential that it has. So when I think of regenerative, just in general, it's it's like completing the living cycle of something, right? And this is what the, this movement around regenerative farming is really more about. It's more about looking at the whole health of what's happening here, right? So it, I would say compared to organic, it, it organic can be super regenerative. Like can, there are organic farms out there that are probably beyond, you know, what we could see as regenerative. But there's also organic farms out there that are really just like substituting their inputs with an organic input. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. less toxic, mm -hmm. right? Which is way better than a lot of conventional stuff. But, you know, we've also designed the organic movement to be a little bit like unattainable for farmers, right? Like yep. it's really expensive. Mm -hmm. It requires, you know, pretty strict limitations on things. And it doesn't really speak to this whole cycle of, of the whole life that we're looking at. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, this studio that I'm in, it's it's called the Renourish Studio, and it's a kind of a subset of the Farmers Footprint nonprofit, which is very focused on helping farmers, you know, actually helping that farming community become more regenerative. Okay. But what we are is an organization of food-focused businesses that really want to see the industry shift, that want to see the industry move to more regenerative, more you know, more of this looking at things as a whole and looking at the whole the whole life cycles of things, and not just the life cycle of food itself, but what's the life cycle of our business? Mm -hmm. And how are we affecting other businesses? Mm -hmm. And how mm -hmm. are the stakeholders? Like it's, it, I feel like I'm in grad school because it's so complex and yeah. how it's challenging me in looking at my own worldviews mm -hmm. and how I've been conditioned to believe that, you know, what's wrong and what's right. And yeah. it's so much more complex. Like we're not gonna, create change without looking at the complexities mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. But regenerative agriculture in general, you know, it's, again, it's, the movement is, I see it as more of a whole life cycle looking at things, right? Yes, taking away the toxins, yes, kind of following the, the groundwork that organic has laid for us, but going deeper, mm -hmm. like really looking at the health of the soil and incorporating animals and plants. Like mm -hmm. this is another thing that we've done is we've, We've decided we're smarter than nature and we're going to put the animals over here and the plants over here and it just doesn't work for right. keeping the life mm -hmm. cycle of nature mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. um, so, and there's, you know, again, you're going to find people going in all different directions talking about regenerative farming in all different ways, but at the heart of it, that's, that's how I hope that it goes, right, is this really embracing the life cycle mm -hmm. of all of the things that we're looking at. Um, and the health of the soils is so important in that. Yeah, it really is. Well, and I mean, that's a huge problem that we're seeing is depleted soils. Yeah, and, you know, it shows up as flavorless food. Mm -hmm. Like, we can taste it. We mm -hmm. can taste the soil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. 
Um, so let's go back to taste, as you said. So uh, we got to the studio earlier, and as I mentioned, yesterday was my birthday. And so she gave me a birthday present, which is their spices, burlap and barrel spices. Hey, burlap and barrel. So we'll I didn't even tell them when they were getting a little, a little yeah, blood today. we'll mention them. <laughs> so this is super cool. Um, why don't you just kind of talk about it like you were talking to me about yeah, it earlier. It's so really fun. I brought you the spice kit that I often um, incorporate into my workshops. And so when you talk about the five categories of flavor, um, what normally we'll walk through like a whole food actually tasting of that. And then we layer. We talk about layering the flavors. So each one of these spices kind of highlights the five flavors. So this royal cinnamon. Oops, let me put the label out there. <laughs> Royal cinnamon. Um, <laughs> is all the all the cameras. Is, yeah, <laughs> all the cameras. It's literally the sweetest and spiciest cinnamon I've ever had. So just a little bit about burlap and barrel spices. They are completely in alignment with growing food the way it should be grown and raised. And the way that they can do that is because they single source. So they get to know every farmer and every package has the actual location on it. So like we single source coffee, like we single source tea, like we single source wine, like they're doing it with spices, which is a completely brand new concept. Um, there are other spice companies that have followed suit, but um, they're just, and as a result, it's more flavorful. Mm -hmm. Like you will not find more flavorful spices than burlap and barrel spices. Can't wait. So cinnamon is the sweet one. Um, I have tomato powder, which has the umami flavor. There's like some, some just deep savoriness to that. Cured sumac is the sour flavor. Um, sumac is kind of a Mediterranean spice. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then the Salina salt is of course the salty flavor. This comes from a, um, from Syracuse, New York. There's like this ancient buried ocean that they pump That's down so and get. Cool. So it's it's not technically sea salt because they're not harvesting it from the sea, but it was originally an ocean. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kind of cool. Yeah. And then the bitter one we have here is the Taurus Mountain Thyme. Taste this against any grocery store thyme and you will never I go can't back. wait. So do you do that also? You'll 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 have this against yeah, sort yeah. of conventional. So we'll start with the well, we could do that. Mm -hmm. I haven't actually done that. Normally when I'm doing this, I mean because you could spend an entire day doing tasting workshops, right? Oh that sounds terrible. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I've done that with like individuals. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. if I show up with, with this and, and they have time in their closet, I'm like, mm -hmm. no, come on, you're fine. Yeah. Just taste the difference. Yeah. Um, and then the sixth one there is really a blend. So it's got sour and, and um, salty and a little bit of spice kick. Black lime and chili Black salt. Black lime and chili mm. salt. Yeah, so um, yeah, I didn't expect to highlight them today, but I yeah. hope that you enjoy them. And I will. Yeah. I will. And we'll give them a shout out for sure. I think that, you know, anybody who's doing doing good, we want to give a shout out yeah. to. And I think it's important. So burlap and barrel, where do you find them? Um, so they're online. Okay. Um, and they're also in like specialty stores. Okay. Um, there's another another woman, Carolyn King, in the area, Denver region area, and she's actually doing like um, I forget the name of her workshops that she's doing, but she's doing really spice focused workshops. Um, so she's another kind of local source to find them cool. if she's doing shows or mm -hmm. demonstrations mm -hmm. around in the area. Um, yeah, but they're just. I, they're the only spices I have. My entire closet is just filled with them. I found them when I was doing my spice blends and I was looking for sourcing. Okay. Um, and their story is really great. Their their founders are just amazing men. And um, yeah, it's awesome. They're a good company. They're good Very guys. cool. Yeah. Um, talking about flavors again, um, I think that I do want to do a quick shout out to uh, the, the Onco Bites. Mm -hmm. 
um, because I think it's important. We haven't talked about that in a while, and I think that what that's a important piece of the puzzle because what we find, you know, we you know we talk about taste changing during pregnancy and during PMS and cravings or not having an appetite at all and, and maybe even being nauseous during any of these times. And of course, that can be the case during you know chemotherapy and and you know other treatments as well. And so you have developed a line of quick, easy bites that are super nutrient dense. So they're high calorie, but they're easy to, I mean, they taste delicious. <laughs> um, so you talk about them because yeah. you can talk about it better than I am. Yeah. And you're right. You know, like it's, it's, this is another thing about flavor and how, um, it kind of proves to us that our bodies do adjust, right? Our bodies, mm -hmm. based upon what's happening in our bodies and when our taste changes and our flavors change and our cravings change, it's really wisdom that we're often dismissing, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so going through chemotherapy, um, it's rough. So um, Uncle Bites are developed by, um, well, I'm the product development person, but the company was founded by Butch Hunter and uh, Dr. Scott McAllister, who's an oncologist. And, and, you know, they really saw this great need for whole food nutrition to support patients going through chemotherapy. Because they were getting, uh, what's the name of the, the it was the, it's the name of the, the liquid. Think, oh yeah, like uh, Ensure and, and yeah. Boost and oh. yeah, all don't, of those things. Don't, that just don't. <laughs> so, but the point of those those products that were created under that lens was again that kind of like mechanistic view of well, we just need calories. So, what's the easiest way to put calories? Right. Let's just put a whole bunch of high fructose corn syrup in there, not thinking about the bigger picture of how yeah. that creates inflammation and all these other things, mm -hmm. right? So, they saw this need for a product to be specifically developed for cancer patients. And so it's kind of out of the norm when you think about like a healthy bite or a bar or something because it's not focused on calories. Well, it's focused on calories on the plus side mm -hmm. instead of like mm -hmm. normally we're looking at calories as something we're avoiding, right? But for a cancer patient, they need a whole different set of, of nutrients. They need the calories, they need the fats, mm -hmm. they need it to melt and dissolve easily. And they need to address these taste aversions. So part of why I love working with the Uncle Bites team is because they're focused on flavor and they're focused mm -hmm. on why do their patients not like, like what is it about salt in flavor that they don't like? It makes mm -hmm. it taste metallic to them. So mm -hmm. we need to develop a product without salt so that it doesn't have that, you know, metallic flavor and make it make make it impossible to get these calories Isn't in. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah, so their, you know, their products are, they, their flavor um, profile is right on the package to tell you like what is, like the, the first one that we developed was um, ginger honey date. So the, and it's got 8%, 8% real ginger in it. Mm. So if you're nauseous and you're really feeling like your stomach is upset, like that is a really good one. Mm. But if you find, you know, through your therapy that spice and, and heat is something you're sensitive to, then that wouldn't be the one for right, you. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, the products are really pretty amazing and um, there's a third. There's a third flavor that hopefully will be out soon. That's focused on that tart flavor because mm -hmm. another thing that happens, especially in throat and neck cancer patients, is that they get that really dry mouth, mm -hmm. right? Like it's really just uncomfortable yeah. to eat. So yeah. when you eat something sour, what happens, right? It stimulates it's saliva, that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, it's it's really the products are amazing and. You know, filling a niche that's not out there mm -hmm. in that quick, convenient, high-calorie situation that you need when you're going through the struggles of not just cancer itself, but the treatments. Yeah, yeah. We'll also um, 
I, don't, I need, should be writing down all the shout outs I need to, <laughs> I need to do, but we'll sh shout out to, to Butch and Onco Bites as well because it's a, that's a really good one. We have so many people who are going through chemotherapy and it can be just a really difficult process. And um, I, I, can't, I can't say enough to, to not fall for the just go eat something, just go eat ice cream, just go just keep your calories up because if your cancer is a metabolic issue, um, and a metabolic uh, and, and a mitochondrial issue, and if you are not supporting the mitochondria, then you're. You, I mean, it's just it's it's you're not you're not doing what's best, right? And so, eating real food, not just any food, is really really important. Don't just go eat ice cream and the insurers of the world and that kind of thing because it's a it's it really is damaging it's horrible horrible stuff it's really it's really bizarre <laughs> we got to this place where that's what's recommended amazingly bizarre for healing. yeah i told this before um and i'm going to say it again because i think it's, a, it's kind of a funny story but not really funny um was when you know when i got out of nutrition school and i have a far had a pharma have a pharma background is they said we want to interview you for a, uh, a position for a pharmaceutical company that's expanding their nutrition uh, line, right? And so, and that's what it was, was insure. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm just not going to do it, you know? And it was selling directly into the oncology department, selling insure for, for these patients. And I was like, I, you know, I mean, it was a lot of money and it was a car and all the things. And well, that's like, the thing, right? That's where the money yeah, is. And yeah, that's where, exactly. It's and where the money is is where mm -hmm. the marketing is, where's, where yep. the influence is. You know, this is another interesting thing that I always talk about when it comes to our sense of taste is that our sense of taste is the only sense that requires us to make a choice outside of what's happening in our body. Like we oh, smell, we hear, mm -hmm. we feel without having to make a choice. And when there's that choice, there's opportunity for a lot of influence to yep. tell you what to eat. Yeah. Mm. That's really something to be aware of. Yeah, so true. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. This has been fun, as yeah. always. As always, yeah. Um, it's so insightful. Um, I think we could talk about this stuff just forever and ever. And we'll have you on a fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to like, hold the record for the most. Yeah, right. Most yeah. Well, you know, maybe I should just be part of the show. I, don't I know. mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, that's what's so important about, you know, bringing people like you on, though, is, is, Flipping things on their head a little bit yeah. and having a, a real we need a disruption yes to the way we're thinking about yes sure. I love that yeah. um, I love the term disruption and it's true that we need that and it's and we have a lot of people out there you included who are disrupting the norm um, which which really is disrupting the norm and taking us back to the way things used to be a little bit <laughs> I mean yeah. <laughs> yeah so anyway super grateful for you thank, thank you so you. much this has been awesome thank you so much and happy birthday week thank you I used to have birthday you get months. a month you yeah get a month. You really do. <laughs> I used to celebrate for a month Ursula, you know, um, <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Anyway, uh, thanks everybody for being here. If you have any uh, interest in looking into Soulful Conception, please feel free to reach out. We will be launching soon. <laughs> so much, so much to do. Thank you, thank you. Um, it's uh, it's it's going to be good. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited, excited to support clients. I'm excited to support other practitioners. 
um, and, and just get all of the goodness out there that I can because uh, I think it's really important. So um, you can find me. Oh, we didn't talk about that. So where can you be found? Uh, flavorremedy.com. Perfect. Easy yeah. enough. Easy enough. You can find me, Taste Life Nutrition. Uh, you can go to my website. You'll find a, a free assessment. I reach out to you personally. We'll chat about it and see what we can do to, uh, to get you on the right track, whatever, whatever track that is. Um, and if there's somebody else that's better for you, we'll talk about that too. So, um, yeah, let me know what you need. I'm here to be of service to you. I'm here to answer questions. I want to, uh, I, you know, every day my goal is just to, to, to help people feel their best so they can go do the big things that they're supposed to do in this world. So I love it. Thanks. And we'll see you, uh, hopefully next week. I may have something that I have to do, which means there'll be a replay, but I'm hoping to be here next week. It'll, I think it's just Nope, that's a lie. We'll be here next week, and it's the following week that I'm thinking of. I just, anyway. Um, <laughs> the keeps straight. It is, it is, but that's okay. Thanks for being here. Uh, join us next week, streaming live, as always, on KUHS Denver, the most amazing station ever. See y'all. Bye. <laughs>